everybody, and welcome back to Don't Quit Your Day Job. My name is Paul. I am your host, as is per usual. Today, from I think uh, Richmond, Virginia, I have Knox Colby, uh, frontman for the band in force. Uh, Knox, thanks for coming on the show. Totally, Paul. Happy to be here. So, are you? And in- yes, it's it's Richmond. Richmond. Yeah. Okay. Let, let's start there. So, I've interviewed some some bands and some artists from from Richmond, and all types of artists, all types of music. And I understand the music scene is really, really strong in Richmond. So can you confirm that? Yeah, I could confirm that for sure. <laughs> it's very uh, it's very tight-knit. It's very um, self-sustaining, self-sufficient. And um, the DIY uh, aspect and aesthetic of it is um, powerful. Cool. What I think is interesting about Richmond is its location, right? So it's not so far from the South. It's not so far from DC, of course, or New York City, or even starting to go into the Midwest, but it's still not a huge city. So I'm always interested to understand like how a city like that can support such a diverse music scene. Well, um, I think some people would probably disagree, but I would say it's the the university of Virginia Commonwealth University. It's a constant churning of um, churning out and bringing in uh, younger people. So the scene stays relatively young, um, all music scenes. Uh, and, you know, some people like myself decide to stay okay. and continue in the music scenes and others don't. They go, had their fun and they leave. Right. Um, or move somewhere else and continue and come back every now and then, you know, on tour or whatnot. But you can always tell if, if someone is uh, has played Richmond before, because you could tell, like, on tour dates and stuff, it'll be like North Carolina, D.C. And you're just like, you just passed through, what? <laughs> but then some, but it's some bands who have obviously, like, booked their own tours and stuff play Richmond because they know that you're going to get a show booked right. and you know that people will come. So... Other other bands you see, they're like North Carolina, Richmond, D.C. or Baltimore, whatever. And you're like, there we go. That's yeah. that, that, they know. Real ones know. And is there good support between the genres? You know, I've, t- I've talked to a lot of um, of punk bands from from the area, so I know that there's good support within that community. But you're in a metal band. We'll talk about that in a second. But is there good relationships between, say, hip hop and whatever, and the metal community and yeah. the punk community? Yeah, we played hip hop shows. We played punk shows. We played house shows. We played hardcore shows. Um, I think it's all kind of intertwined and mixed. Everyone just likes music <laughs> and wants to have a good time. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of a uh, interconnection between all of them. Cool. And let's let's take a step back. When you were a kid growing up, did you always dream of fronting like a thrash band? Was that like some kids want to be a, a band. some kid? Yeah, some kids want to be a cop or a fireman or whatever. You wanted to to be a front man. <laughs> I, I wanted to front a band for sure. Ever since uh, the first time I saw Queen at Live Aid, okay, I was like that. That is it. That's the that's why it still gives me. I, I still watch it all the time. I probably watch it maybe like 10 times a year. Wow, cool. Um, it's so sick. I mean, he, pretty Mercury has, how many people are in that crowd? Like, I don't know, Tens lot. of thousands, Hundreds yeah, of th- for sure, a lot. Tens of thousands, yeah. no problem. 100,000, let's just say. Uh, in the palm of his hand. Wow. Like, for an incredible, like, 
I mean, it's a short set. It's only like 30 minutes. Right. But he kills it. He They kill it. And I was like, that's, I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> right. So I'm almost, I'm almost there. Yeah. And we're going to talk about like sort of how well you're doing, because I do think that there's some interesting stuff there. Um, but I've talked to lots of guitar players, lots of artists, and they they often talk about the feeling of being on stage and the feeling of playing, oh, yeah. you know, those first chords and the crowd responds because they know it or they really dig it or the anticipation anticipation is so high and that it's mm-hmm. impossible to get that feeling anywhere else. Yeah, I would agree. It's like this, it's like adrenaline and euphoria mm-hmm. and a release. I, I don't know how to describe it, but it's, it's riveting. <laughs> right. I, and it's a addic- It's really addictive too. Right. More, more addictive than, than, cigarettes it's just like i would do that if i could do that every day the rest (laughs) of my life i would so what about this idea where you go to a place or maybe in your earlier days and there's not that many people there so you know i've played in bands of course and i've played shows for for nobody um and you still go out and you still do your best and you still try to enjoy it but of course there's some aspect that connection part is missing um are you still able to work through those things with the band and with your performance? If yeah. those things happen now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't foresee them happening, but if they did, I would just kind of shrug and just be like, okay, well, it's not like we haven't done this before. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've played to zero people before. We're probably going to do it again. Right. It's fine. Right. <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah. Just happy to be somewhere else and get out of the house and play somewhere. Yeah. Right on. So, You've you've released two uh, LPs so far, 2016, I think, and and maybe 2021, and you have the the new Enforced record coming out. It's called War Remains. Um, at the end of even next week, I think. Um, next week. Yeah, next week. So, do you feel like the band is fundamentally different or fundamentally the same from from those early records, those early songs? Um. Well, At The Walls came out in 2019, but that's like, it's a collection of stuff that came out in 2017 and okay. 2018. Um, but fundamentally, yeah, because we had two member changes. Um, so the dynamic is a little different than what it used to be. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we have, this, we have the same lineup that we had for Killgrid and a couple tours before that. So I think it hasn't fundamentally changed since the last record or, you know, the last tours and whatnot. Um, I, I think we're, I, but I think we've grown closer and I think we've grown a lot more comfortable mm-hmm. with one another. I mean, if you spend that much time in a van and, right. you know, sleeping <laughs> in a full size bed and, you know, falling asleep each, on each other in the van and stuff like that, you become pretty close pretty quick. Right. But um, yeah, I think we're all, much better friends and much better musicians. I think they kind of unique, um, our unique dynamic as people kind of shows on the record. Right. Um, I went, as I was researching this, this interview, I went to the metal archives, which is a website of every metal band every ever. Mm -hmm. Um, and both of your previous records are, are well regarded, highly rated, um, and one of the things that it says is themes for, for enforced hypocrisy, religion, survival, politics, 
Do you think that that's an accurate description of, of what you're shouting about when you're up there? Uh, for the most part, I mean, it's a pretty overgeneralization, but that it'll work. You know, <laughs> um, I don't, if they like really like delve into everything, it, it wouldn't be, be a big paragraph. You don't need to do that on metal right. archives. Um, funny thing about metal archives, we were on tour, um, and we were playing an off date at this little club in, uh, outside of LA and the guy couldn't get the projector right to put our logo up. Okay. Uh, or no, he put up Phobo Felix yeah. thing and we we're like, no, that's the wrong logo. And he went, Oh, okay. And just, we just saw him. We were all on stage, dead quiet, ready to go. And we saw him Google metal archives in force. <laughs> And he clicked the link and it just went to the page. And I was like, stop, stop right there. Just keep that up. And we played with our metal archives page as our background, as like our banner. That's amazing. <laughs> that was a, it was really funny. Yeah, that's that's really great. Speaking of Phobo Philic, do you know those guys? I've had uh, Vincent on this show before. They're, yeah, 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 cool. Vinny. Yeah. Uh, we, we toured with them for five weeks with uh, 200 Stab Wounds and Undeath. And Undeath and... Bobo came through on their way to the Decibel Metal and Beer Festival. Okay. So um, we all got to hang out again, and that was really, really awesome. Yeah, I miss those guys a lot. They're great. They're yeah, a great band. Absolutely. Great absolutely. I, I agree 100%. Uh, going back to lyrics and, and topics, uh, one of the things I like to ask uh, for bands in genre, genre such as yours is if you're, if you're, telling a message or you're singing about something um, and you want people to understand the message, I would argue that you haven't chosen the easiest medium in which to deliver that message. What do you yeah. Think? <laughs> whoops. Big whoops. Uh, I think it's the, I think it's the easiest in terms of you kind of got to read into it and that's mm -hmm. mostly on the reader. Yeah. Um, and they can interpret it, you know, and however they, however they, you know, read it, I guess, to be right. blunt, um, which I think is cool because, you know, some of the interviews I've done, they've asked about like, well, I thought this song was about this. I was like, dude, you're way off. But now that I'm reading it, like, yeah, yeah I see how you could see that. Weird. Right. Didn't think of it. Never thought of it like that, right. which is really cool because it starts a conversation. Um, and that's kind of the point uh like i'm trying to raise an alarm of you know the, the modern world is sick and dying uh and here's all these issues and problems that some people might not might disagree with me or mm -hmm. might misinterpret them and think of them as something completely different and uh if you like catch us at shows and stuff i'm always down to talk to people about them right. i think it's really cool right and some some artists in in similar genres, one of the things they like to to point out is fans of metal are often dedicated fans, and if they dig your band, they're going to go and read the lyric sheets, and they're going to dig a little bit more into the backstory of the band versus say just a generic pop fan listening to Miley Cyrus or mm -hmm. something. Uh, is that also yeah. your experience? Yeah, I think it's more like from our like hardcore experience there's a lot more people that know the words mm -hmm. um and you know stage dive and and mosh and whatnot but i know i've noticed that metal fans stick around longer mm -hmm. um 
and the more and slowly growing the the sizes of the audiences the audiences are are growing significantly and you know if you tour the u.s enough you start to see or remember people from the last shows and the shows right. before and you start to realize or recognize that these people are keep coming back and they keep bringing their friends or their right. family or whatever yeah. and that one fan turned into 10 yeah so yeah that's, it, cool. it, that's really cool yeah. to see absolutely uh speaking of metal fans uh metal fans can sometimes be notoriously fickle or stuck in a certain way of thinking yep. right so if you're a yep. band if you're if you're a band and you want to branch out you know, maybe you're going to lose fans that way versus being ACDC and just recording a, a similar sound or the same songs over and over again. And I, and I know that mm -hmm. there can be a difficult line to walk for bands because this is really about your expression, but are those things that you think about now as you start to mature as a band getting past your first or second record? It's not something I think about. I mean, we would have, we would have recorded the, the albums and songs anyway, mm -hmm. you know, despite what people think or like I always used to say like Kilgrid was going to come out no matter who put it out. I mean, the only difference is that more people heard it than if we just put it out ourselves right. or, um, so the fact that so many people have heard us is awesome. But you know, like you said, people can be really picky and finicky yeah. and yeah, I'm kind of, I'm not very much of a comment reader. Uh, so I don't, <laughs> I started to, once the single started coming out and I was just like, dude, this is, I'm over it. Yeah. Like, not, not, not necessarily, necessarily saying like, like all the comments are hateful and shit like that, but right. just some of them are just so hicky and like, so like, that's such a minor thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it might've ruined that ruined the whole album for you. That's one part. Really? Damn. All right. Right. Like, it's crazy. Uh, how, avoiding how. that is, is definitely important for your mental health. Mental health. Um, but there is one of the topics I talk about a lot in this podcast is the ability to evaluate where you are as a band or evaluate um, if your songs are good or how you might approach your stage show in a different way. So mm -hmm. if, if you don't necessarily want to go to YouTube and see every shitty comment that's on there, because there's going to be a lot of them, how do you guys think about ways to improve your song craft or your performance? Um, I watch, if anyone ever takes a live video, uh, I watch those like football tape. Okay. Like if, I, if I'm like, don't oh that jump looked awful. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> like don't um you look tired around minute twenty. Maybe like dial it back a little bit. Right. Um so you can, you know, keep the energy up through the whole thing. Right. Um stuff like that. Um don't wear that shirt. <laughs> maybe you should maybe you should dedicate like shoes for, for the stage because uh my feet get really nasty and I just wear, just wear the same boots for five weeks and just people hate it. Yes. All good. All good things to, to keep in mind. Uh, let's, yeah. let's talk about the sound of, of the record a little bit. Um, sure. I would say that it has definitely some old school flavor. I get some like old entombed, Lots of people are comparing mm -hmm. to Slayer, and, and I get that in some of the riffiness, but the, the guitar sounds 
are different to me. They're they're really more Scandinavian to, to my ears. But what's really refreshing, very similar to when I listen to Phobophilic stuff, is it's not like a super modern triggered production, which is just so yes. great to hear a band playing mm-hmm. the music. Yeah, that was intentional. I mean, we didn't use um, click tracks. We didn't use tempo maps. We didn't um, kind of snap everything together. We just played, <laughs> played the songs. Right. <laughs> um, and if it was a good take, cool. Keep that one. On to the next one. You know, like not not really like well i could have done this a little bit better maybe if you like pop me in right here just like no 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 no, no. we're not doing that right. like it's going to sound weird like so everything is just done super smoothly and, and it was done pretty quickly okay because it, because we weren't thinking our heads weren't in that space um and we had really like we did it right after we uh like two days after we got home from the at the gates tour so we were all pretty much primed and ready to go to hop into the studio and just keep playing. And do your, do your, so you just mentioned at the gates, which, you know, that's an amazing band of course, with a long history, but, but I really do feel like you guys sound more like you're aligned with that sort of European flavor. Uh, definitely not like a metal core thing or any of, of that stuff. Um, do you, do you think about that or do you think about where you fit in the, in the pantheon of, of think, the metal bands? I think some of the riffs remind me of, especially Zach's because Zach is a huge crust punk. Um, he loves like anti-CMX and Scandinavian jawbreaker and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I think that kind of, he subconsciously writes, writes like that, and, right. you know, loves discharge, loves disclose and judgment and stuff. So I think he just kind of veers that way, but tries to write a metal song with that as his background. Right. And I think that, I think that adds like a very unique quality to, um, to hit songs and, and will fucking loves cannibal corpse. Um, but tries to keep it less technical, um, and more right. direct. Right. So I think that those, their two kind of dynamics interwoven together, I think makes really great songs. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. And uh, the the cleanliness of the recordings, I think, is also remarkable. Things are pretty dry, with the exception of your vocals, which have a fair amount of reverb on them, which makes them weave oh, in we, and out we, of the riffs pretty cool. We dialed it back. Oh, really? <laughs> the, oh, the first mix, it was drenched in <laughs> reverb. It sounded like I was in the back of a cave, and I was like, nah, 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 nah. Um, but we didn't want to bury it like we did... Yeah. with Kilgrid where it's like flatly in the mix, like right in the middle. Yeah. Um, so it's a little bit more on top this time, but not by much, but it, I think it, I think it is more clear. Uh, yeah. I think there's a lot yeah. more clarity there. Um, but I do like the dark and dry kind of raw tone to the album. Yeah. I agree a hundred percent there. Uh, talking about going on tour with at the gates or, or Fobo or whoever, um, is this something that the band can just pick up and do if if you get a call from from your tour manager or your booking agency and says, hey, you guys can go on this tour. Can you guys drop everything, day jobs, whatever, and just be able to do it? Uh, I can because I work for myself. Okay. So uh, I, I, I can do it. Um, I think Will 
Zach and Alex all work for the same painting contracting company. And I think they all got promoted to project managers. Okay. So they can work so they can work remotely. Okay. Cool. So I think yeah. I think they can. Now the only person would be other than them would be Chungo. He works at a brewery, but they're really lenient with his schedule and stuff when it comes to touring because they really support, you know, him right. as a musician. And how do you guys think about enforced in the context of your lives and the need to to make money? Certainly being a metal band or a crossover metal band isn't going to necessarily get you rich in the short term. Right. And we all need to support no. ourselves and our, <laughs> support ourselves and our families. So how do you balance those different needs with the desire to put out records and, and go on tour? Um, well, we kind of we take care of the band first uh, and then ourselves. And that, that's been working. Um, we like we we is like individual band members don't make a ton off of touring, mm -hmm. like not at all. But, um, the band as an entity does. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, but we put a lot into savings. We budget a lot for our van cause it's vans getting kind of old. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're always worried about breakdowns and stuff like that. So we have money set aside for that. Got money set aside for if we went out of merch, you know, on, on the road, which right. ha always happens. Right. I, no matter how much it seems that we we make it, it's never enough. Um, which is a good problem. It's, it's a great it's problem to have. Agreed. Yeah. It's just still it's a still problem. Still problem. Like if you run out of X, all XLs in two weeks, you're just like we got an issue. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's just trying to have that very fickle balance of you know, is this worth my time? versus like is the band doing well and i think i we're all pretty level-headed guys so if it's not you know if it's not working out for somebody mm -hmm. and you know we're all friends I, I i don't think anyone would have a problem being like hey i actually need you know more money mm -hmm. to cover you know xyz and yeah it's 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 all it's all and we manage ourselves and book ourselves and stuff like that like people hit us up, but we don't have a manager or anything like okay. that okay. to, to kind of keep us on track. So we keep ourselves on track. Uh, a, a band is often very much like, you know, a complex relationship, a, a family And some of the mm -hmm. bands that, that handle it better, the members fall into these roles where everybody else can rely. Okay. This guy's going to yeah. handle the merch and this guy's going to handle booking and whatever. Did you guys mm -hmm. talk about those things or did those sorts of roles just happen naturally within the band? Happened, happened naturally. And then kind of cemented itself over time. Okay. Like I pick up gear and I yell at people. That's my role. <laughs> And I, and I'm like, since I'm the front guy, I'm kind of the, the front, the public facing person right. in the, in the band. So I do all the interviews, except if it's someone, someone like hits us up being like, Hey, I want to talk about guitar gear. Right. And just throw that, throw that to the boys. Cause, cause I don't know shit about gear. <laughs> um, but yeah, like if this is what I can, can contribute to everybody to, so they don't have to, and I'm, I'm, I make my own schedule you know, I work whatever days, like mm -hmm. I can get work. So if, if nothing's going on that day and I've got five interviews to do great, no one had to drop everything. Um, 
to talk for five hours, you know, right. I, I can. So I do. And the band trusts you to, to represent the, the band as an entity when you're doing all these interviews. Is that something, you know, did you ever have an interview published and someone's like, Hey man, that was shitty. What you said. (laughs) No. Um, but they do like to bust my balls. Um, (laughs) I remember we were on tour in Europe once, uh, not once. There's the only time, uh, and the sprinter that we had had a television in the back and I was sitting up front with the driver chit-chatting about something. And then I hear my voice come through the speakers <laughs> and I turn around and it's from this really old interview I did with like a 10 year old and they were just laughing hysterically. And I was beat red, angry and embarrassed <laughs> in the front of the van. Now I can look back and laugh at it. But at the time I was like, burn that shit off. <laughs> Oh my God. Amazing. Uh, Brutal. Brutal. One more thing here. Uh, So you're building a deck right now. That's what we talked about before we started the the interview. So that's, that's your day job working for yourself. And I'm going to let you get back to it. Um, Okay. But before, before we do that, one more thing, Uh, you're on century media, century media, you know, if anybody follows metal, they know century media as, as a uh-huh. label, especially a European label, uh, lots and lots of cool bands on there. Um, when you signed to Century Media, were you guys all like, "Okay, I'm going to buy my Jeep Grand Cherokee and my my Lambo. We've made it." No, <laughs> it was business as usual. We all signed the contract. I think we all went out to like. There's this Mexican place right near our practice spot. So I think we all went there and got dinner and that was basically it. <laughs> we're so we're so mentally broke. <laughs> just have no money. We're just like, cool, we're not doing anything with this. And there's no like signing signing bonus or anything like right, that. We're just, right. Okay, now we're on Century. Well, see you later. <laughs> there is a, a certain sexiness still with everybody's ability to record and put out their own stuff and get it on Spotify. Everybody can do that. But there's still a certain desire, a certain sexiness to be on, you know, a label like Century or or, yeah. or whatever, right? So what's the reality there? What what are you getting from as a band from being on Century versus what it, self-releasing? Kind of that... Um, that that badge of honor or that nod um people take kind of started taking the band a little bit more seriously mm-hmm. uh i would say that comes with fans and us <laughs> as people right started to kind of take everything a little bit more seriously and focus on it and it also comes with you know all of their knowledge and support right. from century right. um they've been excellent to work with especially with the with the pr team and everything um We've been uh, blessed with uh, having a good team with us. So it's just nice working alongside and having like a bigger team other than us five. It was kind of a more, it was like 15 people supporting us. And that's really awesome. Right. Do you, did you guys suddenly feel more professional, you know, when, when you signed to Century Media? Like, is there a shift in your, in your collective mind, the band mind of, okay, now we've made it to another level is it as distinct as that mm, no i know i know i had like a huge sense of imposter syndrome okay like i didn't i bet definitely des- like i didn't feel like that i deserved it or like i didn't deserve to be here kind of thing right um 
And that kind of went away over time after doing a lot of tours and meeting a lot of, you know, um, veteran metal musicians and stuff and them coming up to us and being like, that shit was awesome. (laughs) And it's like, okay, I guess I do deserve to be here (laughs) because they, they gave, they validated it. So it's like, yeah, I just want another one of the boys. Um, yeah, but yeah, at the beginning it was a lot of imposter feeling. I think everyone felt kind of awkward at first because, you know, especially with like all your like music scene peers and stuff. It's just like, yeah. is everyone going to treat me differently now? Are they going to think I'm some fucking rock star if I go to a show? Like, they're going to either hate me or like, uh, like, love me too much. Right. It, it, that and, and I got over that. It took it took it took about a year, but I got over it. Like. Right. And the answer is no. That no one gave a shit. Right. <laughs> no one, no one fucking cared. <laughs> which is the best. Right, right. That and that's sort of the the best thing that you can hope for in the, those circumstances, right? Because people are definitely going to be jealous, you know. And hopefully, you know, if you're mature enough, you can work past that. There, there's always going to be envy. Like, you know, I would, I want that too. But as long as you can get past that and be like, okay, yeah, we're friends. We support each other on the scene. I think that that's like the mature thing, mm-hmm. but that's not always easy. Right. Especially when we're young. No. And I, I mean, that just comes with, you know, actually being a part of your local music scene and knowing people and getting to make, make relationships and friendships with people that they know you for who you are and right. not just as a, as a face. Right. Right. One last thing here is is the next step to get on Geffen or sign to Sony or something, or you guys just, Oh yeah. I, yeah. This is just a, this is just a, a lily pad to jump off of, man. You know, we've got huge, huge plans. Uh, awesome. I was about to say, if you, if you can't tell by now, we have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> It's great. It's so refreshing. Yeah, I, I, again, that that's a joke. I think everybody gets that. That's a joke, but it's oh, also sure. yeah. right. But but no one ever wants to to say that, right? Everyone. It's sort of like, yeah. How's your new album? Well, I think that this is the best album we've ever done because no one wants to say, yeah. I think it's not as good as our previous one. You know, no one wants to say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. Um, but you guys but are still. I do think it is the best one so far. <laughs> yeah, and and I would agree. And of course, for everyone listening, I will drop all the links and and make sure that you can, you can check it out. I, I definitely encourage it. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. One one last thing here. Um, is it is the cycle of write record tour write record tour? Is that what you're focused on? Is that what's going to be the most satisfying for you guys as a band? I think for us as a band and for us as individuals, that's kind of what we want Mm -hmm. because that kind of keeps everything on our terms. Um, keep the, it keeps the ball out of our court and kind of, um, lets us kind of play around a little bit and let us do what we want to do. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. Everyone should go check out enforced, uh, I want to thank everyone who's listening and supporting the podcast. It is very much appreciated, as always. Thanks to Knox Colby from from Enforced in Richmond, Virginia. Check them out when they're out on tour later this year during the summer. I know they got a big tour lined up. Knox, thanks so much for coming on the show. You're welcome, Paul. It's good to talk to you. Talk to you later. Paul.